0: Greetings beautiful people, it's Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always sending nothing but love and kindness and positivity to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast, please please if you enjoy it, let other people share your enjoyment, love to you all. Insta, it's Jay here from Lads Talk Health, as always sending nothing but a
1: fat dose of loving love to everybody out there and kindness. And I hope, not I hope, I know everyone's had a fantastic day because you're here now and you've got through another day. Madara, hello lovely, lovely Madara. Always an absolute pleasure uh, to see you join. hope And I hope, I know you've had a fantastic day. Well done for yesterday, what a great day you had yesterday. There's my
0: lovely mate, Harry Thomas. Let's get you on mate. Jumping on any second.
1: Hello, mate.
2: You right, buddy? Yeah, you? Yeah, good, thank you.
1: Up touch, sorry, I'm just a bit wonky. I don't know how to do it, or do I care? I'm always a bit wonky.
2: <laughs> Have you uh, mentioned that Frida's not coming today?
1: No, no, actually, no. It's because obviously my mind is just preoccupied with, with our chat and what's just happened. Hi. Um, Hello, people that are jumping on. Hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah. So as Harry said, our guest tonight, Frida, she's still ill, unfortunately. Now, the subject with Frida is going to be amazing. She's on. She's going to be on this coming Monday, uh, which is our seven thirty p.m. show UK time, and her story is going to be about the world of adoption and fostering and. And it's direct links basically with child trafficking and kidnapping, legal kidnapping, which makes it even worse. So sorry that Frida's not on this evening, but she will definitely be on be on, on Monday.
2: Yeah, so um, I received a call from James, literally a minute ago, so you can tell by his energy that something's a bit off. And these things keep happening. This year alone, it's happened
1: eight times around that figure is, is, is definitely around that figure and
2: I'll, I'll let you explain it And, and the, reason, okay. reason so why, the reason why we do this is it's a world that we don't know there's a world that affects every single person there's there's always someone involved that we know this is going on too but we're seeing it more and more now and and it's it's, it's disgusting it's it's people's lives are at stake and they're not they don't consider people, yeah it's it's hard it's really hard and this is what we deal with and James like literally he takes this personally as well and it's we work on our energy and work on staying positive and we work on really showing up as a coach It's still hits you
1: yeah, sometimes it's hard because, <laughs> like I said before, it's yeah, it is. And I'll explain, let's just get into it. So, as you all know by now, me and Harry both work with people with cancer. Now, I've been involved with people with cancer for eight years, and I'm going to say this I'm going to start with this statement, okay, of fact from my experience, from my experience, okay. Every time that I've worked with and now we've worked, we've worked with people with cancer and we start getting a good result. Every single time they go back to hospital, they end up dying, every time. Or if not dying, there'll be a complication that was caused by the hospital and now they have to stay in hospital and other complications end up occurring due to fuck ups by the hospital. Now, I'll always give my disclaimer, I haven't got anything against people involved in healthcare. Okay, that's not what this is about. But I am so fed up of of experiencing people feeling like they're getting better, feeling like they're on the mend, and then going to hospital and then getting sick. Way, way worse. I mean, okay, so what happened today? Because it just came up, Pat, uh, sorry, Karen, that I told you about. Remember just, what was it, two, two shows ago or three shows ago, I said about Karen, the lady in Australia. Spoke to her and her husband. She, literally, she, she, you wouldn't know unless, unless she said to you, oh, I've got brain cancer. You wouldn't have known. You just, she was all her wits about her, you know, no signs of being sick whatsoever. And literally within, so I spoke, funny enough, I'd arranged to have um, a, a session with the, uh, Patrick and Karen, the husband and wife. I was going to take them through a soul, soul coaching session, take them through an energy cleanse uh, experience. And it was all lined up. And we was getting it booked in for the following day. And he, I literally got uh, a message, silly o'clock in the morning, because it was in Australia, to say, James, uh, Karen, the hospital's run. Karen's been called in. It's brilliant news. And this is what's so fucking heartbreaking. It's brilliant news. She's going in to see a specialist, blah, 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 blah. So I've been touching base with Patrick every now and again over there. The following sort of couple of weeks. Three weeks later, she's dead. I get a message from from the husband, Patrick. Uh, James, really unexpected. There were some complications and we lost her. Um, I'm just trying to deal with the shock at the minute, blah, blah, blah. So that's only two, two, two weeks ago, maximum. And so today, a week ago...
2: Go to John as well, go to John as well, mate, because... John,
1: yeah, John, okay, so dressed it, and again, Karen, rest in peace, you beautiful son, I know you're around, and same to John as well. So John, 70-year-old man, um, his daughter reached out, um, because basically the hospital said nothing could be done. So started working, we started working, we was jointly working with John, and um, got him on our, our course of, of, of our approach to healing yourself from cancer, which is by sharing information that we've experienced over the eight years. He took it on board, done his research. That's how we work, by the way. Whenever we work with people with cancer, we say, listen, there you go, have a look. And if you feel that there's something in there that you see the sense in, come back to us and then we start to work together. So John and his beautiful daughter, Jamie, um, got stuck into researching the endocannabinoid system, cannabis oil, all the rest of it, bought into it. So, now, bearing in mind, when we started working with John, John was already been told by that stage, yeah, you're going to die. Nothing, we're not going to give you any more treatment. We've already battered your body with the radiotherapy, the chemotherapy, the chemotherapy. His on Instagram, by the way. Do you know, what's his page? Do you know the page name?
2: Right for cancer. What is it? John's fight for cancer.
1: John's fight for cancer. So that's the John we're referring to. So again, that's lovely because it gives credence and reference points to what we do. So John's fight for cancer. That's the John that we was working with. This guy was incredible. I was, I was speaking to him regularly. Harry's speaking to himself, so speaking to the daughter regularly. Got an, uh, like This man initially, so he had, um, because of the treatments that he'd had for them attempting to cure, fucking cure, we know what that means, cancer, his legs had inflated with liquid. He was getting liquid in his stomach. Uh, and he, he couldn't move. He couldn't walk. He couldn't get off the, uh, off his chair. He used to sit in his armchair the whole time. So we got him on, um, the course of what we, what we do. Of course, within a couple of weeks, massive changes. Liquid started draining. His legs went back to literally. And again, all of this is on, on that John's fight for cancer. Is it true? Is that right? Has on that page so you'll see all the the pictures of john and stuff as well they're all there lost as well pardon
2: the weight he lost
1: oh yeah because it was all the fluid all the listen when our, our bodies are not designed to take fucking lasers and chemicals that's not how our bodies are made up okay Whenever we go in for any form of treatment, and our body, and any form for anything, you you know, you break your arm, and they have to open you up to put, uh, I don't know, put a splint and whatever. Every time you open your body up, we are susceptible to diseases and bacteria and viruses because our bodies aren't designed to be opened up. So when they're intruding into the human body with these lasers and everything else, the body goes into shock and it reacts different ways for different people. So for some people, like John, obviously there was this massive increase in all this liquid that was a result of the shit that they'd been pumping into him. So he started on the treatment. As Harry said, lost loads of weight. Got up. There's videos of him playing his banjo. uh, Riding on his... Did you see the one where he's got Jamie on the scooter? Uh, I don't know if that's on the website or not, but he's got Jamie and he's riding down the road. He looks like Victor Meldrew because (laughs) that miserable face blessing. But a lovely man. Uh, But he was mobile...
2: And also Jamie's reaction as well. Like, my, I've got my dad back. Like...
1: The messages she used to send, the, them voice messages, just to make her a day of, you know, oh my God, I can't believe he just saved me. So this guy, John, everything he'd been told about, you're going to die, blah, 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 he dismissed because he started feeling, imp- and yeah, feeling improvement and seeing improvements in himself. He lost all the, all the liquid out of his legs. Went. The liquid out of his stomach. When, now, prior to him starting the treatment, he'd been booked in, he'd been booked in to have a a tap fitted in, a drainage tap, which Jamie, the door wasn't keen on. When she spoke to me about it, I said, listen, if it was me and my dad, I would definitely advise against that because of the complications that I've experienced when people have these sort of treatments done, when they're already sick, when there's already a breakage in the body, to start opening things up and putting a tap a tap inside um, to drain that liquid. Again, our bodies ain't designed to be a fucking beer cake. That's not how it works. And people might say, Oh, you ain't trained in this and you don't know. Yes, I fucking do. Yes, I do. And I've done my research. You do yours. You do yours. Because I'm telling you, our bodies are not designed to have anything sticking out. Of That's not how it works. You're always going to cause some sort of issue. So with John. As I said, this, 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 um, this surgery had already been booked in prior to him taking, starting the treatment with me and Harry, getting the good results, walking around, playing his guitar. He went swimming for the first time in his life on a, on a water slide. Did you see that video on WhatsApp? Yeah? He went on a water slide. This is where this man got to. Okay, this is the man that had been told, him, oh, and by the way, this whole time throughout this period of him starting the treatment and all these incredible... Um, turnarounds in the way his body was reacting was bamboozling his doctors, they was on his case all the time, his doctors was even saying to him, because John was such a straight shoot in Londoner, He, 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 he talked to the doctors just like he would be talking to his mate in the pub, and in the end the doctors talked to him the same, they said we can't work out, you should be dead, you should be dead. But he wasn't. He was alive, and not only was he alive, his quality of life was much, much better. Like I keep saying, in case people haven't seen it, John's fight uh, with cancer on Instagram. Go and have a look at his story, because that's the John we're referring to. So anyway, in the like, so the hospital again, hospital kept trying to get him into the hospital, and he kept saying, "No, I don't want to come in." They they wanted to put him on palliative care, but he's saying, "Hold on, I'm alive. Why do you want to stick me in palliative care?" When I'm alive, and, I, and I'm kicking, like, I'm, no, fuck you, you told me I'm going to die, oh, that's sweet, I don't accept that, but you ain't get, and they was on him all the time, it's, you, 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 you heard the conversation, you were part of the conversation, with James, like, James, they're always phoning us, they're always trying to get us in for this, that, desperate to get their claws into John, to get him into hospital. Now, what ended up happening was, they, how did it, how did it go about, because it ended up, oh yeah, they ended up going in for blood tests. And then they gave him a COVID test while he was in there, which he didn't want. He stuck that thing up his nose and he felt quite sick afterwards. And then while he was in there, without Jamie being allowed in to see him, they coerced him into having this this tap fitted into him to leak the fluid. Because yes, there was still some excess fluid, but it wasn't what it was. They was draining prior 16 to 20 litres of fluid out of this man. But once he started on the treatment on the oil, that all dried up. So there was a bit of excess due to the damage that their treatment had done that still hadn't cleared up, but it was on the mend. But they coerced him, in his word, they bullied me into it. Into and bearing in mind as well, at this stage he's already been told he should be dead and he's dying. So why are they forcing this tap into him? So what happened was they forced him to have this tap, put into him this drainage tap. He got an infection. He got an infection and he got really, really sick. And they wouldn't let him out of hospital. And the only way Jamie could get him the oil was sneaking into the hospital to give him the hospital to keep him keep him going. And again, started working, got him out of hospital. Thank goodness. Through the oil. He wouldn't take none of their shitty treatments that they was offering. He'd only take the oil and he got himself back out of hospital. Now, Madara, those hospitals don't want those people to live. Exactly. We're going to touch on that, Madara, definitely. So, then, so that's another example of someone we've worked with. Now, to, do, do you want me to say, should we say any more on John's story at this stage? Um,
2: no, because it leads lead on to the next one. So just, what we're trying to show, guys, is this is common. It keeps happening. And the thing is, is these people are being thrown out in the gutter to start with. We, we, we can't do anything. And then when they are getting better, it's like, oh, we can now help you and every time i say i'll let you go on to the next bit
1: yeah no you're bang on there, mate. so so today so last week i got a, a phone call from a, an amazing lady in scotland her mum out of the blue only in her 60s excuse me um she's feeling a bit sick went to hospital got got diagnosed with cancer and as usual the whole in starts so Bringing in teams of people, you can imagine what it's like. You're sitting there. You've just been given this news. Right, we're going to bring in this person, this person, and everyone's chucking data, figures, stats at you. And all you're trying to do is is soulfully digest. You've just been told you've got cancer. Now, and I'm not saying this in a patronizing way because I was like this eight years ago. Eight years ago, I didn't know fuck all about cancer. Nothing. I only knew the stereotypical stuff that I saw on the television. And in my head, if someone said, if Wab's, if you get cancer, i said, well, you're probably going to die and you've got a couple of treatments ready for everything. That's what most people, most of us know of cancer, unless we've looked into it. So that's what this woman was. This woman in her 60s had full faith in the, the medical system her whole life. Her, uh, her views on cancer was just like everybody else's was. Oh, my God, I've got cancer. I could die. I'm going to have to have these horrible treatments. So she's digesting that and they're pumping all of this information at her um scaring her obviously scaring the life out of her and so they've said to her right we need to get you in for the treatment uh, and we you know i can't remember if it was radio or chemo on this one i want on to say one of the treatments anyway we'll get you in for treatment so the daughters who reached out the daughter who reached out to me uh, which like i said was about two or three days after her mum being diagnosed she reached out and she was like oh um, look James, I've heard um, How did she reach out? I think it was through someone else we'd worked with I think it was through someone else in Scotland we'd worked with um, It was like a friend of a friend we'd worked with I know it was, Jan uh, So a- anyway uh, She'd reached out, she'd heard of of. Um, I'd coached Jan So she'd heard of me uh, on this one Not uh, Hazard, but point being when she reached out To me, obviously I'd straight away i get highly involved um, Every time And she asked me, look, this is our situation. What what would you sort of what would you advise at this stage? So I said, well first, of, first and foremost is try and keep her away from the hospital for a bit. Because when they when you're in hospital, for most of us, we're in a place where we immediately go into submissive mode. Because they're the doctors, they know better than me, they've told me, they've labelled me, they told me what what I need to do. No one's telling me that they're going to heal me either. So you're stuck in that fear of fight or flight mode, which does absolutely no good to your body anyway. So I said, get her home to a place like as much as possible. So you're around her, the family's around her. So she's getting love, blah, 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 blah and all the rest of it. And she, um, I, I advised her where she could uh, get, get the medicine from, uh, which she did. So I said, right, give me a buzz back. When, when it arrives so then I can start advising you on, on like a bit of a what I've experienced as a bit of a care plan if you like for, for you to have a go at which is natural there's no detrimental effects at all I got a call today I was like ah it's arrived she went yeah it had arrived a couple of days ago but unfortunately since I spoke to you last week things have got a thousand times worse. I said, what's happened? I said, well, no, she said, number one, they won't let my mum out of the hospital. I said, why? She said, because they put in this tap to drain her and she's caught an infection and her immune system's completely shutting down now. I was raging. It It was John all over again, exactly the same thing. They put it in to drain liquid out of this woman and they cocked it up. Now, the daughter, this daughter was really savvy as well. And, and, and the ladies who's suffering, her sister, so the daughter's aunt as well, they're right on the ball, was at the hospital every single day saying, what's happened? What's happened? She was fine. Yes, she, you told her at this stage, oh, sorry, missed that massive part. Missed that massive part. So in the space that I'd spoken to her, they'd changed the diagnosis to, right, it's, we're really sorry now, it's terminal, and we're not going to be able to give you the, they gave a a round at least one round of the treatment, because that they do they they force this stuff through quick, if they can, because guess what people, they get financial kickbacks for cancer treatments, prove me wrong, prove me wrong in fact it's the only medicine that doctors, oncologists hospitals, surgeries anyone involved in um referring people for these treatments and gets committed gets a kickback when it comes to cancer treatments why would that be interesting so she'd had a round of it they decided after that round we're not going to do anymore because there's nothing more we can do with you okay so at that stage of course and by the way this woman bless her this woman she must be in a i assume because of the daughter's age this woman's got to be touching 70 years old but fear the fiddle, fiddle, mentally on point, she's saying to them, you need to let me out of here and go home. If I'm going to die, I want to go home to die. You're not going to keep me in here. Like, and she was saying, because of the treatment they gave her, okay, she had to be bedridden for a couple of days because she didn't get over it. Uh, okay, And then, like I said, they then put this um, tap inside her, which nobody wanted. But again, the doctors, because they know best and everything else, insisted that she takes. Uh, what do you fat say for them? The only thing that matters is money, of course. That's bang on. It is bang. This is our experience. So there's no no one can dismiss our experience with this stuff either, because this is what we're experiencing. And again, today is the same shit all the time.
2: And so she's got. Can I just make a point as well? Because this this is information again for anyone is the diagnosis is normally the, the worst part of this as well, because people go in just for a routine check. They might feel something's wrong. They get a check and it comes back as tumor or cancer. And it's at that point there, when people are not prepared, they go and fucking get you. They go and get you with fear and death and you need to act now and a the... if If we just took a breath, and this is the key thing, is go in, expect bad news. Okay, cool. But there's a lot of other good news. We can go and do research. They're not the only ones that can help you. And we say that more and more now because it's the same thing every single time. And if you just know this information to share on at the at the least, it gives people a, a bit of a, a kickstart because you're not starting off in a, in a deeper place with the fear and then trying to pull yourself out of it. And, and it it's frustrating because it's all the time now and I'm going to be working on in the UK of actually issuing documents now to these people because it's it's constantly And, and when we're working with these people the families and stuff we get close with them and they're all amazing people teaching me and James the most amazing things about life and then they get they get their life taken away from them
1: Bang on mate, I just want to address what Norel just said. Shout out to you, Bert Ernie. I wish I had met you guys, uh, last year before my journey started. I had heard of others curing them. We're going to change that word, Narelle, healing their own cancer, but I didn't know enough and was too scared. Cancer is, but you know what, Noel, you're incredible. You've reached out privately and shared. You're, you're an amazing, amazing. And you're, you're, it's people like you that, that, that keep me wanting to, to, to make sure I'm telling people about this stuff honestly. But yeah, so with this lady, this is how bad it got. So she's, like I said, imagine she's, she's been told she's, she's going to die. She's been told there's nothing else that can be done. She's been coerced into putting into the, this drip uh, tap into her, which has completely shut her immune system down at this stage. The doctors and, and, and nurses say, no, we're not going to let you home. We can't, blah, 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 blah. And what what makes it worse? This is the fight of this woman. This is what the daughter was telling me. She said, my mum's so determined. She's trying to get up out of bed just to stand up so that she can feel her limbs are still working. Because she's telling me, I want to say the lady, the daughter's name, uh, just call her Sally. The mum's saying to Sally, Sally, they need to let me stand up. They need to let me try and walk around and live. I can feel my body shutting down. Why won't they let me stand up? Why won't they let me exercise? This is the sort of thing that goes on. Oh, no, no, you can't. You got People, I'm telling you this as a freaking fact. No matter how sick you get, no matter how sick you get, your body still wants to live. No matter what's going on, your body's made up of billions and billions and billions and billions of different parts and things and microbiomes and cellular. But we know the cellular mem- membranes, which are millions and millions of cells within your body. Every single one of them wants to live all of the time. No matter how sick you get, that's how the body works. How and, do you want to pop in?
2: And your soul. Out of all of it, your soul wants to live. That's oh, the exactly. one.
1: that
2: the whole experience. That's the one saying, get me, get me up.
1: And the Precisely. crushed. Hang on, mate. That's what I was going to go over, actually. And at the bottom of it all is, like you just said, it's the soul. So this lady, the one thing she's got left that they can't touch is her spirit. And they are forcibly trying to suppress this woman's spirit. They won't even let her get up to exercise. It's just unbelievable. Keeping her in bed. And she's telling them, I'm going to get bed sores. My legs are going to shut down. She's telling these people. What is happening to her and what's going to happen? Please help me prevent this from happening. Please let me go home. They won't let her go home. And now, because of this, she started, thank goodness, she started again. So the daughters have found a way to get the oil into her with ice cream during the day. Uh, and she started on the oil today, funnily enough. That was a really funny story the daughter shared with that. But, and again, this is the thing. We've, we've all, within this shit the souls that are involved in it are shining lights, and uh, there's still room for joy and humour, which I just find so humbly, humblingly incredible. And, but my point is, is, that's two people we've just given you the same thing, both of them, definitely. John, on the mend, on the mend, walking about, all the rest of it, ready to live his life, going swimming, going down water slide. Saying to the doctor, no, no, you told me I'm going to die, leave me alone! Kept on him, kept on him, kept on him. In the end they killed him. That's why, that's my opinion, that's the opinion of his daughter. They killed him, that's what killed him in the end. Then this lady today. Then Scottish Joe, another Scott actually, shout out to you Joe, 70 years old. Yeah, listen, 70 years old. For this one. <laughs> so this man, already had, had cancer once. Used RSO oil. For those who don't know that is, you can private message us to find out more information. Used RSO to cure him. What the heck did I just say? <laughs> to heal himself of, of cancer. Done that once. Already done that in his journey. Okay? Unfortunately, what's this? Sorry, I don't have the time to watch you live tonight, though. Uh, thank you very much. Especially common law info. Yeah, we're going to do some more on that stuff. Um, yeah, so unfortunately... Ah, that's what had happened. Sorry, I've missed because that uh, knocked me off a bit there. So this guy healed himself of cancer. But what happened was, because the doctors and the nurses couldn't out, work out how, what had happened, they said to him, please make sure you come up for your PSA count, which is when you go up every month where they do a test to see your blood levels and how much, how much cancer is in your blood. So he's going up all the time and his cancer is basically down to nothing, absolutely nothing. He's, and he's seeing the same nurse. Now this was going on during COVID. Now there's a relevance to this. So he was going up for six months. Go on mate, do you want to say something? I'll do it. Carry on. Um, he was going up to the hospital for six months. Okay, uh, was, I think it was once, uh, once every two weeks, he was going up for two different tests, but one of them was the PSA camp. And he saw the same nurse, he said, every single time. Now, he built a relationship with this nurse. He built a relationship, he'd go up there, Joe, he's such a lovely, jovial, just a beautiful man, Joe. Anyone would get on with Joe. So he used to have a bit of banter about, and he said, he said, James, every time, every time I went to see her, she would try and get me to take the COVID vaccine. And I kept saying, to her, no, I don't do vaccines. I never have done vaccines. I'm not anti vax but I've just never done them. I'm feeling good right now. Why? I've just beat cancer. Why would I take a vaccine? So anyway, this is going on, 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 on. And he said, James. In the end, she sort of just got me to a point where I just, I just agreed to it. So in the end, he went and uh, the, on my children. If any of this, I'm, um, um, There's no. Why would I say this? There's, you know, there's no reason for me to share this. So what I'm about to tell you is, as incredible as it sounds, this actually happened. So in the end, one of the times he went up there, she said, "Oh, you can have the COVID vaccine," and he was like, "Oh, go and then let's have the COVID vaccine." So he had the vaccination. On a Monday, Wednesday, he started feeling really, really sick. And he said, James, I felt like the cancer was back. He said, it was, it was just weird. I didn't understand what was going on. So he got so sick that his partner had to take him up to, uh, to the ho- back to the hospital. Went in, done a PSA camp, cancer spiked all of a sudden in his blood. He went, he was talking to the nurse that had been there the whole time. Obviously, I don't know if she was assigned to him or what, but was there on the day. And he said, like, what's going on? He said, like, all I've had is the vaccine and my cancer's like come back or spike my PSA spike and I feel really sick. And he said, well, actually that is one of the potential side effects of the vaccine. It's in like, you know, it is in the, in the small print. And he was like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, well, it, it, we just don't expect that to happen. Like, it's such a minute chance. And he's, But it has happened. That's happened. I had that vaccine, and now my cancer's spiked. So now, bless him, he's on that journey again, having to go down that same route again that he did before to try and heal himself from the cancer. That's a true story. So that's someone else this year. Who else has been this year? Daisy. <laughs> Daisy. This is This is a 15-year-old girl. 15-year-old girl, imagine this, your daughter, your child, 15 years old, first and foremost, misdiagnosed for the best part of a year, although the mum was saying, shout out to mums, mums, motherly instinct always says, you know better than anyone, if you've got a feeling, mum, go with it, no matter what your husband tells you, no matter what the doctor tells you, you've got an inkling to something's not wrong with your child, I'm telling you, the connection between mothers and their children is something... Well, from my experience, that is more powerful than anything I've ever seen in my life. So this mum knew, if I've heard of this happening, why didn't she give informed consent? Good freaking point. And we should touch on that after Happy Herbal as well, because none of us are getting this consent. Look what they're doing to the kids now. So Daisy, 15 years old, mum knew something's wrong. Like, no, no, it's, you know... Uh, girls who are going through puberty often get lumps developed in certain areas, don't worry about it. And, and, and at this time, at the same time this is happening, Daisy's aunt, her dad's twin sister, is dying on her own in a hospice in Ireland because of COVID, of cancer, but because of COVID, no one get near to her, no, no one's allowed to get through. So that's all going on in this little girl's existence as well. And she's got this big lump coming up on her chest, probably thinking, you know, in herself, so I, I now one on one coach this girl. And I've had the privilege of hearing from her mouth, Jane, I knew something was wrong, but no one was asking me. Like, no one paid any attention. My mum and dad did, but in regards to the medical community, no one, no one even wanted to know what I had to say. I was just a kid that they were just talking about. That's her words, pretty much verbatim. So that's going on. Mum's realised, no, something's got to be done. Really kicked off a of fuss. They sent her foot to a different hospital in London sure enough we're really really sorry she's got something called e-wing psychoma and that is an incredibly rare form of cancer which unfortunately predominantly attacks younger girls okay now so now this family's been hit with this this 15 year old goes and again same thing and Uh, the Daisy story is on Lads Talk Health isn't it so I don't I'm going to go into all the details but it was the same thing and again this time hearing it from a child's perspective she said James I'd be sitting there on the bed and I would just I would just feel so scared because all these people would just be talking over me and just talking about me and I I know something's seriously wrong from what they're saying but no one's talking to me about or even asking me how I'm feeling I might get the odd pat on the shoulder which in her in her even in her young age, she knew how patronizing that little squeeze, don't worry, which do means don't worry. You've just been standing here for the best part of an hour talking all this stuff about me and about what's going to happen to me. So, anyway, turns out again, there's so much more to this story. Turns out they'd misdiagnosed her again. It wasn't Ewing sarcoma, it was classic, classic Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is now what she's been battling for the last. Uh, well, three or four months of of work. Sorry, she's been battling the chemotherapy that they've put her on for the last three weeks. Chemotherapy that she didn't want to do, okay? And the only reason, and again, just to go back on her story very quickly, she started on a natural treatment. Guess what happened? Tumor started reducing. Family was even getting private scans done because the hospital refused to scan her again. They were trying to bully her into this treatment, contacted social services as well. So social services come knocking at the door. Why aren't you um, giving your, de- your daughter over for this? Tra- this, is in, this is a nutshell, over for treatment. Well, actually, no, the family is saying, actually, no one's actually given us any evidence to suggest that this treatment's going to do her any good. And what happens after the five-year shelf life that you put on this supposed success uh, period of five years if nothing happens within five years, then it's been a success. But if nothing, if something happens a day after, then it's nothing to do with us. It's a new cancer. And, and if, if she dies off of that, better come back in for some treatment. Then if, if, that, if it does come back, that was the attitude she was given. Even so much then the social, social services lady turns around and says to her, which you said on that show the other night, well, you know, even hay fever tablets have got symptoms that they say on the label. Fucking comparing this deadly chemotherapy to, to hay fever tablets. A social services worker. Since when did she become a cancer expert? Nothing to do with it. And in the end, this they this ended up, to finish up this story, hospital social services teamed up, contacted the courts to try and obtain the original copy of the birth certificate. Watch our common law video. At that point unfortunately, and this is what's scary about the UK, as a parent, you're pretty fucked because they can then pull the negligence card and take your child off you and force them to have this treatment anyway. So this, under duress and fear of losing their daughter, this family ended up taking this beautiful young, incredibly young girl, I've done a session with her last night as well, by the way, after our talk, held her breath for three minutes uh, three minutes, 20 seconds on an exhalation. This is after three weeks' work of chemo. And this is the work, I emphasize people look into the breath work and the stuff we do with that. Because, again, learning to breathe, trust me, can save your life. Learning to breathe properly can save your life. And that's not an exaggeration. This girl, through three weeks of this intense chemo, has not had one negative side effect. And, the, and again, because I spoke to the dad on Monday. I told you about this anyway, didn't I? So basically, the dad's, I'm saying, what, what are the doctors saying? And he's he saying, they almost feel a bit like I get an air of disdain, the fact that she's not suffering from any symptoms. All they keep saying, well, we can't work it out. We don't understand why. It's not like, oh, this is amazing. It's, it's Something's not right, almost. This isn't what should, should be happening. Again, this is currently going on. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't someone who, who we are referring to. It's someone I'm working with right now. And that's what's happening to that family, being bullied into having to give over their little girl to treatment that she didn't want to have. And knowing as a family, look, we've, had, we've got three private scans that all show that this tumour has been reducing. Why won't you look at them?
2: And these, there's this constant. I had uh, Sam and his sister at the start of the year. And... He was the, the carer for his sister. She was getting ill all the time. She was on a treatment where she said, I, I can't do it anymore. And they, they knew something was up. They left the bloody folder on the, on the bed and he took it. And he's going through it Or They put me- mesoderm in there, the, the drug that literally's got all the court case things on it at the moment, which is the lethal injection. They put that in her treatment and she felt the difference of it. And he's convinced that they killed her, but he's got the book with all the different notes. And he said, my conversations with him versus what their uh, notes was on the days did not match up. This is this year, guys. This This is rife across the whole country, the whole world, because it's a system that we're coming into. And the thing is, if you knew how amazing our body was, and what it could do if we knew that we could control it all. It's, it's very simple. And, and, and I say that as well, there's books I'm reading at the moment, Secretly Age is the first one I encourage people to get. It was written in 1926. It has all your answers to healing just in this one book. I'm now reading a number of books prior to 1930, they're all the same thing. And all the kids coming back to is what we think first is our body response. But what normally happens is the doctors are telling you what to think with the fear and all that energy pushed on you. We're not thinking for ourselves. We're not making decisions because we don't know what the answers are either. And this is how simple we can bring it back to is is allowing people to start taking ownership of their bodies, controlling it, feeling it, experiencing it, and knowing that they can get better. And it happens every single time. Like Daisy is a prime example. It's almost like she knows that she's ahead of, whatever they're gonna throw at her, she's ahead of it. But what is happening still, it's fucking, doing insides up. no matter how strong we are, it's like you're putting yourself on the back foot, where if we just took ownership of different areas of our life, we would see the changes quite quickly. It, things don't have to be rushed at all. That's another thing with cancer. It doesn't have to be rushed. Challenge the doctors when they give you worst case scenarios. Say, what's the best case scenario? They'll stop, they'll fumble, They're, they won't even be able to get their words out. And you realise that none of it is about the person. It's all about money, it's all about trapping you in there. And when they can't do anything more, they've got enough out of you. Sorry.
1: That's it, bang on. And just to give another example, Harry, this is someone who's watching. Shout out to you, Annie Mitchell. Gone on for years. My late auntie, not that close, had terminal cancer, but chemo made her feel so ill, she, de- she decided to travel the world. Keen on photography, published books, lived 38 years later. Shout out to your your late Arnie. But this is what I'm saying. This is... I just don't want to miss anyone else's in case anyone... And what Harry just said, by the way, as well, it starts... And this is something I didn't know eight years ago. When I started working with cancer, it was all around the oil, and it was just like, oh, wow, this this oil's done now. It's not the oil solely that fixes... Because there's that word I just said, soul. It starts from your, sp- your soul, your inner spirit. You have to want to take back control of your body. Because what happens when you get labelled with cancer, all of a sudden it gets ripped away from you. You ain't allowed to know what's going on inside you anymore. You ain't allowed to be in control on what goes into your body. You ain't allowed to look for a different option because you'll be ridiculed and you have to face fucking chemo, which to this day, one of its main ingredients is the same mustard gas that they fucking slaughtered loads of innocent souls in the war with. You have to sit there and take that. It's your soul. When you make that decision, you know what? Especially when you've been told, well, actually, we've we've blasted you with everything we could have done, and now you're on your own. It's at that point when you say, do you know what? In fact, we've experienced two people. Uh, Two types of souls. The soul that submits to the ego and accepts that label. They're a doctor. They know best. I'm going to go and die now and start my affairs. And then there's the ones that say, do you know what? Fuck your ego. I know you're there. But I ain't taking any notice of you. The doctors now, they're out of my life because they've told me there's nothing else they can do for me. So what can I do for me at this point? What little small steps can I start taking? Step number one, I want to do things that make me happy. That's a good starting place. because guess what? When you're happy, your body reacts to being happy. It works more efficiently. You produce chemicals, endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, chemicals that naturally go, where can I help? While you're enjoying yourself, let me give you an MOT. That is where it starts from. You have to take back control of something you've always got control of, your fucking now, your presence. So you're not going to worry about what's going on. you can 't cancer anymore. That's all gone. You've been told you're going to die. I say, Oof, okay, well, I'm here now. What can I do now in my now and start from here? Take one small step towards my happiness to what I want to do. And that is for me where true healing starts My opinion, I've said this to you, this might be controversial. I don't believe there's anything as a healer. We're not healers. You can share information with someone to empower them to have a choice to start taking steps. But true healing starts from the person's spirit, from that inherent wanting to live.
2: Bang on, mate. And again, just listen to this then. You get two options, right? The person each time is receiving it. So it's the person. You have one option, we're gonna pour this poison down you that everyone knows is poison, or you got this other one. The the reason why we survive from this poison, because our body is so fucking amazing that it wants to win and it wants to live. So it can handle all this poison going through them up to live. And what we're seeing is that most people living now, they don't want to live. They're going through life half-hearted. Oh, I'm too tired, I'm too busy. Oh, it's too tough. That doesn't happen when, you want, when you're dying. Like, I want to live. I'm appreciating every little bit. I'm saying I love you to every single person. I'm, I'm literally giving gratitude because that's what matters. So if we literally zoomed out, and this is the way that we should live our life. We should learn from the human beings. We should learn from every one of our brothers and sisters because we're here. Let's go to all the people that are dying And let's say, okay, what do we need to do? They'll tell you the answers. Me and James won't need to. I need to protect my energy. I need to eat better. I need to feed myself with good, positive people. I need to hug people. I need to just enjoy my life, do creativity, have meditation, they'll tell you. So why do we have to wait until we get to that point to do it all when we could do it now? And every day becomes exciting. I get to do that even more. And then we could do it from this position. Let's go back that way to the kids literally soul beings run lo- running around they don't care if they upset anyone they're just in the moment every single time there's no ego at all why don't we learn that way too and then when we're here we can be our inner child and we can learn from the wisdom and then we literally every single day we have to we just don't know how to be happy we literally don't know how to do it <laughs>
1: Bang on me. And you just said something there which is so imperatively important because it's interesting and this was a big validation for me. Um, I from my experience, the the ones that we've seen the best results with are the ones that have gone back to the inner child. They've gone back to basics. What makes me happy? What makes me feel nice? What do I want to do? What do I like doing? As a child, all you want to do is what you want to do. I've got a 10-year-old and a 3-year-old, which are classic examples of that. And yeah, they throw tantrums when they don't want to get to do what they want to do. Now, working working with adults that go back to those basics of owning their innocence. Because it's a beautiful word, innocence. Because we are still innocent. Our souls are innocent. Your soul can never be guilty of anything. Your ego, definitely. Your soul, no. Your soul is the epitome of innocence, just like it was when you were a child. It's ageless. That stays with you. And you know, because when you feel guilty of stuff from your soul, that's the innocence. That's the yin and the yang. That's your antithesis of everything you get in life. There's a positive and there's a negative. Working with a 15-year-old girl, she's still living her innocence. So the power she... She's not having to tap back into anything. She's just in her fucking now, telling me about... James, when I get older, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to do this. and I might write a book about this journey. She's already started writing uh, a journey that we're going through with the coaching. Like, <laughs> it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, oh, man, do you know what's made for really good? <laughs> the one thing tonight that's made me feel really good is Daisy. But it's knowing, I'm telling you people, as a truth, I've, I'm becoming more and more childlike in my ways that across the board. Why? Because I realise the importance of making sure I keep that inner child in me alive. And that's my place that I'm going to go to for a for gauge or judgment. Because guess what? That inner James, that small little boy, James, he's still that same innocent boy that will tell you big silly bollocks up here, what are you doing? Like, and let me know with them feelings of guilt. I tap into that now to help me prevent from getting sick. And I'm being dead serious. My my biggest teaching, I tell that to my wife and to my kids, laughter, happiness, joy. You can choose to be these things. You can choose to experience these things. These things will prevent you from getting sick. And if you want to get scientific and nerdy and you want reference points, we always talk about, go look at Dr. Christian Northrup. Go look at the works of Professor, God rest his soul, Wayne Dyer. Listen to the works of Eckhart Tolle. Look at...
0: Sorry, go on,
2: mate. Joe Dispenser, Bruce Lipton, Zach Bush, they all tell totally you the same things. And, and, and just search epigenetics. Is the gene expression, even uh, it's in the family. Um, I must have it because my grandparents are going, that's bullshit, it's a myth. 5% of our genes are hereditary. But what is hereditary is the lifestyle and the environment and the thoughts that we take on from the family. But whatever someone says, oh, it's in the family, that's a myth, and it's been proven time and time again. I can send all the different studies for it. Only 5%, they reckon. So that means 95% of our gene expression we can change. We're not told that. If we can change it, then we change this. And quite quickly over time, it's a program. We live to have to live that life program. Not a one-time meditation. Oh, I didn't feel anything. That's not how it works. Like, we've got to live life every day and do the things that actually help.
1: 100% mate. Someone's just put, Queenie, uh, you added it after, but happiness is the key to wealth. Happiness is health. That's what it is, and that's your wealth. That's your wealth. Your health is your wealth. That's the, you can't take anything cover, nothing comes with you at this world. Nothing materialistic. From what my experience is with death now, and after experiencing death firsthand, with a gentleman thousands and thousands of miles across the pond to where I live coming to see me in my dream the night he died which changed my life forever Yeah, I'm telling you this your happiness is your wealth and it is your health do the things that you know inherently are right. be kind be jovial choose to be nice why would you not? Choose to be happy. Why would you not? Why would you... When are these are the things? They don't cost anything. And what we know is, every time we're kind, what happens? I feel good. Every time I'm happy, I'm feeling fucking pretty good there as well. It, it, it's a no-brainer. It really is. We get so caught up on thinking that we're so clever, we're so societally clever and everything, and we're so egotistically driven by comparing ourselves to everything... Because most human beings, myself included, thankfully not anymore. We live lives of comparison, egotistical comparisons. Your whole life, you're gauging at people that are better than you and people that ain't as good as you, in your opinion, and you're, you put yourself in this little bubble of, well, I'm not going to be them, but I'm better than them, so I'm all right here. That's how most people live their lives, and that is social media. That's exactly what I just described to you there, social media. That's what, he, what a hypocrite we use in social media right now. But and the point th- is, sorry, go
2: have, on mate. the same comment, I had a lady that was stressing and go, oh, uh, I shouldn't complain too much. People got it worse than me. So she, she said that to stop her wanting what she actually wanted out of life, because actually I shouldn't really be complaining. No, no, you should want what you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter about anyone else. And when you've got what you want, you can help everyone else to get what they want too. <laughs>
1: Bang on, mate. I love this. Pre-registered. Uh, Where's that comment?
2: Rudolf Steiner is what, yeah, amazing.
1: She just put back, oh, I've lost the comment. She just put back, she went, uh, conquered her fear of going ape swinging or something. <laughs> but this is it. This is, How good does it feel when you take that step and you beat your ego? Because the only thing that ever holds you back in your life is your ego. On anything. Yeah. Sorry, go on.
2: And when other people like, tell you to do things, it's your ego that holds on to that as
1: the <laughs> truth. 100%. Self-limiting beliefs are created by your ego. What's this comment Let's have a Look, I totally agree. Since a few years of trauma and sadness, I've been getting illness, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So presently, I've been making myself happy. Do you know what, as well? The beautiful thing is, you don't even have to make yourself happy. You just be happy. Because your yeah. soul is happy. Well, i just so show so- you.
2: Is guys, if you just quickly close your eyes for me, again let go of the ego, go what's going to do. Just close your eyes. I just want you to think of a loved one smiling, laughing, an overwhelming amount of joy. Now look at me. In that one instant, there was a chemical change that took place in your body. That's present moment. That's how simple it is. Not easy. That's how simple it is to come back to present moment. Now, 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 every time.
1: Every time. And that now, now, now thing, understand, we say this all the time, but it's a truth, and it's a truth. This is the beautiful thing. To be the best, all your life, we unfortunately, egotistically, want to be the best person in the world. Who's the best person in the world? Well, how about fucking you up? You're the best you that could ever be. You're the only you that could ever be. So you get to choose to be the best version of yourself whenever you want, and whenever you want is now. Because the only thing you ever have control of, ever, and full control, is your present moment. And you've all heard it, oh, live in the now, oh, cheesy hippie stuff. No, you fucking idiot, live in the now. And that's me talking to myself, no disrespect to anyone else out there, by the way. Live in your now James, get the mirror up What have you Silly, listen, I, I'll throw all it. I, I told you this Harry, just how egotistical We can be, and I'll give you an example for me, so with our 39 or 40 So I'm 40 now, yeah, it was in my 39th year I finally gave way to the fact that I was losing my hair. My hairline was going, I had this silly bit of long hair for ages that I'd be pushing this way and I'd be pushing that way and I'd be trying to fight and telling myself, James, you're not going bald. No, I'm losing my fucking hair. What a donut. Silly little example. But do you know what? Since I shaved my hair off, I haven't got to punch around negatively, looking at myself every morning being, oh my God, do I push it that way? Pushing negativity on myself through vanity, egotistical vanity fucking liberating, shave my hair off, yeah, my hair's going. I feel right about that, because you know what? It's actually a privilege to get old. Someone told me that who I respect dearly, and a scared shitless of, my wife.
2: <laughs>
1: when she dropped that bomb on me about my hair, it hit home, I was like, my God, what an egotistical trap. Silly example, but that's what we do as humans. We don't appreciate the fact that we're just here, that we've got a body that functions. That so I've got a head that, all right, my wife would tell you, it don't work all the time, but a lot of the time it does work. So is appreciating what you've got and knowing actually, no, I'm, he's right. I'm the only me that ever was, is, will be. I can be the best version of me whenever I want, and nobody can tell you you can't. That is your inherent right.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing to worry about other people imagine if we were all blind. <laughs> It would literally be based on your feelings anyway. So that feeling starts with insight. <laughs> it's
1: the truth. It's the truth. And I just remember, another prison story. Sorry, but I've got to. So when I was in prison, I just want to give you an example of, of how lovely we are as human beings, even in rough, ragged people. But now, obviously, there are don't get me wrong. There's Horrible people have done horrible things in prison. I'm going to give you an example. So I was doing my personal training qualification. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. <laughs> if you'd have seen me with a silly Ponzi haircut, you wouldn't have said that. But so I was doing my personal training qualification. Oh, by the way, people, thanks for the engagement and the comments, and picked me up. You know, I feel much better. I needed to get that shit out of me because that literally happened just before we went live. As you know, I So apologies for coming on a bit negative and a bit, I don't know, just, just, yeah, just negative in a way.
2: Huh? I not apologize.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I shouldn't do that. That's what I preach. Um, but when I was in prison, so I was doing my personal training qualifications with some real hard, tough, big, bruty guys. Like, I was not that guy in prison. I was just the guy that got on with things, got on with people and done what I needed to, do to get out of prison. <laughs> but big, bruty guys. And there's one day, they brought in this class of, of special needs uh, people. And it was just, I'll never forget it. It was just the, the, I just saw these big, scary men that most of the time would be looking to maybe chip someone or, or get into a fight or just a, a sort of yeah, a it on the Danny Randi. Just fucking melt, melt into the, and what it was, it was this undying and oh, I've, worked, I've been fortunate enough to work in the social care sector for years, so I've worked with many people with special needs. And what we think they are, oh, they're lacking speech, they're lack, lacking. These people are over abundantly blessed with loving energy, which just shines out from it. And I've watched about 40 of the hardest blokes I've ever met in my life turn to soft babies that were just in awe of these of these people, and what it was, it was their energy, it was their love, it was their, all they wanted to do was, there was no judgment, there was no, I've come to prison and you're a prisoner, it was just, they wanted to interact, they wanted to engage, they wanted to try and talk, they wanted to cuddle, uh, it was amazing. But that's my point, that's, that is what keeps, keeps us alive, it's that, it's those emotions, it, it's those moments, that stereotypically for blokes will pull away from if, if someone's looking or someone's around. You're, you're, you are, you're self persecuting your existence with your fucking ego, which does absolutely nothing for you other than put you in a box of self compartmentalization where this is your box and you can't be anything more than that. That's you. Don't try and be anything more because I'm going to trick you into thinking that you're going to fail guess what? Think about any time you've taken that brave step. Classic example. This must resonate with some people. The highball at the swimming pool. All your mates have done it. You get there. You're shitting yourself. You get to the edge. And you run, and you jump. And you do the most. You hit the water. What did you do? I'm doing that again. <laughs> it's because you've beaten something. You've realised, hold on, I'm more than my fear. How incredible is that? How incredible am I? I'm more than
2: my fear. Fear, false evidence appearing real.
1: <laughs> Boom! I'm just gonna get warm, mate. You, you do you. I'll be back.
2: <laughs> I, I've got to shoot to my next one in a minute, mate. So <laughs> I'll be a, a sign out. But guys, this oh, is a...
1: lovely.
2: Sorry, yeah. I hope you sign up. If you look at though the topic, cancer. Oh my God, cancer! It's cancerous and it's the worst thing ever. Look how it's turned out. This is what happens with our clients when we just talk to them as human beings, not as cancer victims, not as people dying, just as another soulful being. We don't treat them any differently. So I want to encourage you now, like we always say, you've got your role to play. They're no different to anyone else. In fact, you'll mostly be more ill than them. <laughs> We've got all these other things going inside internally. So. The first thing you need to do is treat them as anyone else, but pay attention to your energy because sometimes we feel guilty or we don't know how to treat it or we don't know how to approach it because we're scared. Pay attention to your energy first. Come from that place of, good question, and then turn up as that person. The, the second one, hugs. Every time you hug someone now, with the intention, I'm giving some energy over. Doesn't need words, just give a hug. And I tell you, you'll feel just as good as what they feel it. And the third one, what I'm gonna ask tonight is, one in two people at the moment, getting like this all the time, we all know someone. We're not saying that we can heal or cure, we're not giving any of that, but I can tell you what we can do, is give someone that massive bit of positive energy, and giving that person that platform to go, I am here. And I really want to encourage, please do share this out to people. Please connect us. We literally give uh, phone calls to everyone. Like there's no charging. Obviously we make money from doing this as well. This is coaching. We don't treat people any differently either. But what people get out of it, what the family get out of it, the understanding, the education, the new friendship. And again, it's our role to play. So that's Talk Health, It's it's a multifaceted platform and it only works when we've got people like you guys coming on to watch as well. And, yeah, I'm loving the last few weeks. It's been amazing. And it's, there's a movement happening, and it all starts, like, here.
1: Beautiful, mate. I'm going to keep my ass short. I, 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 just, I just want to walk off. That was amazing. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, actually. I want to say thanks to you, as always, because I was – well, you heard what I was like before we went live. I was fucking fuming absolutely and you know what back to that conversation we had about can your soul be justifiably angry yes it fucking can because for me if anger's being used for good and this i might be totally wrong but i'm going to stand on this for my truth tonight that anger it needed to get clear that it got clear that i feel so much better and like how you said i just want to say i so genuinely so humbled by the responses we're getting from people, the people that I've been reaching out privately. Yeah, you're, you're really lighting up my life. I know that at the moment. So thank you very much. Hazard. amazing. Honestly, love to everybody out there. And uh, we're back. Oh, my Romley on Sunday, 5 p.m. Yeah? 5
0: o'clock.
1: Take thank care, you. people. Evening.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you've been interested in this content and want to reach out, for one on one or group or community coaching. Please don't hesitate to. You can find us at Lads Talk Health on Instagram. On Telegram if you're interested in the natural plant medicine search for Rick Simpson oil best rick simpson oil forward slash cannabis oil forward slash THC oil. You'll also find us on Instagram at Lads Talk Health. We've got a community membership site. If you're interested, please reach out. The membership site is www.ladstalkhealth.com. And again, love to all.